0: Wants are unlimited, but resources always limited. So how do you distribute your limited resources between your competing and potentially unlimited wants to achieve a fulfilling outcome for your life? That is what we figure out on The Money Spot. Welcome to The Money Spot the show where we answer your money questions. I'm your host, Heather Katsunga-Woodward, and this week's question comes from Melissa. Hi, Heather. I'm Melissa. As a full-time entrepreneur myself, I often find it difficult to decide how much monthly income to reinvest into my business and not overdo it. Um, This reminds me of why I often lose at board games like Monopoly. (laughs) Because I'll spend every last dollar on buying up houses and hotels, and then I fall on someone else's property, and I don't have the money to pay them. And it's a downward spiral from there. Anyway, I'm sure you know just as well as I do that our businesses are our babies, and sometimes we think we aren't feeding them enough to grow as fast as they can. But sometimes overinvesting can cause immediate problems. What should I do to find a balance between reinvesting as a business owner and putting money aside? Thank you. Thanks, Melissa. Great question. The trick to answering this question is uncovering what your goals are for the business and what your goals are for your private life. This will both allow you to decide how much to take out the business and also when to exit the business, if ever. I ran my own business from 2012 to 2017 and I had to answer this question for myself. In the first year of the business, I earned very little, but I'd saved over 60000 because I knew I wouldn't make money from the get-go. This is the reality for most businesses, but from your question, it sounds like you're past the stage and have some cash coming into the business. So well done. You've gone past the first hurdle. It's a good achievement. So what kind of business are you running? Is it a lifestyle business, a grow and sell business, or a legacy business? I'll define each one of these three categories. A lifestyle business to me is one where you want to earn enough to support all your needs and a good portion of your wants. You don't hire too many permanent staff. Perhaps you have a couple of virtual assistants for your social media, your bookkeeping, and you maybe use freelancers for everything else. With a grow and sell business, you're a little more focused on the business than on yourself. So you're a little more willing to suffer for a period of time, by cutting off some of your wants or maybe even all of your wants and just extracting enough for your needs because the business comes first. You want to get a consistent level of year-on-year growth and you want to track several observable metrics that will make it easier to sell your business in a time frame which you will set. Sales numbers are the best metric to track, but even social media statistics can be something worth measuring. Healthy email lists, social media accounts with lots of real followers, that kind of thing. And finally, the third category, a legacy business, is one that has to satisfy your income requirements for a prolonged period of time with a view to passing the business on to your children or selling it quite far in the future if your children aren't interested in running a business. Once you've decided the type of business you're running, then you need to go through the following process in order to decide how much you extract, and how much you keep in the business to grow it. So one, figure out how much cash your business needs every month. This is your monthly cost of operations. Some people think running an online business is virtually cost-free, but you and I both know it isn't so. Maybe it used to be the case in the early 90s, but it so isn't so. Sit down and calculate the minimum amount of cash the business needs to have just to keep chugging along. And this should include the cost of all your tools, be it email marketing software, social media software, graphics tools, website hosts, budget for freelancers and other staff costs, advertising. Advertising is a big one. I remember back in 2012, when I started my business, you could get a decent level of exposure for free. Facebook posts on pages were actually shown to people that had liked your page and you could monetize that exposure. Nowadays, you have to spend some money on advertising to get even low levels of exposure. You probably also need a budget for taking courses that will help you grow your business because the marketing techniques that work are constantly changing and you'll need to keep on top of marketing intelligence in order to grow your business. So it really is worth sitting down to figure out these costs. Once you have the number, you'll know the minimum level of money you need to live in your business bank account every month. If you've got any sort of big annual costs, maybe you pay for your website once a year, divide those annual costs by 12 so that you can have a reliable monthly cost of operations that includes these annual expenditures. Two, you need to figure out how much you need to live. This is your monthly cost of living. If you're fortunate enough to have your living costs mostly met by your parents or a partner, then this won't be a large number. My husband supported us for a good portion of my self-employment, but I did pay myself enough to cover my lifestyle costs, you know, for things like beauty products, going to cafes with friends, clothes, that type of thing. And when we had our son, I made sure that the business covered his nursery costs too, because the only reason he was going to nursery was because I needed to work. Ultimately, this meant I took out about £600 a month to cover four half days of nursery for my son each week and £670 a month for myself. The amount I paid myself wasn't totally random. I know it sounds really random, 670 My accountant actually set my wage level just low enough so that I didn't have to pay national insurance tax. You'll have to consider the tax impacts for yourself. That threshold moves every year, so you could pay yourself more uh, through dividends if you decided you needed more, but please speak to an accountant to get the balance right, because if you pay dividends too often, the taxman could, in hindsight, say it looks like a salary, and they would therefore make you get taxed on that money at the higher earned income tax rates. So it's always worthwhile just getting an idea from an accountant. If you can live on less than the sort of figure I'm suggesting, even better. If you're not living in a supported situation and you have to pay all your own bills, then this number could be much larger. So having done the first step, one and two, figuring out your monthly cost of operating the business and the monthly cost of operating yourself, you'll know the minimum amount you need to keep the business going and the minimum amount to keep you going. Is your business producing at least this much? I hope so. Because the third step is also an important step. How much do you want to save? Personally, my one regret from when I run my business is not having given enough focus to saving. I didn't save much at all for the household in that entire five years. In fact, the only person that built up any savings is our son who had about £12,000 by the time I ditched the business and went back to work. In fairness, the business wasn't making enough for me to save. But if I think back, that was just an excuse because I probably could have managed to put away three to £500 a month for the family if I really wanted to. I didn't suddenly start earning more once I had a son. In fact, I actually started earning a bit less because I spent less time on the business. So the fact that we managed to find over 300 pounds a month to grow his savings for his university or whatever shows that the money was there if we were looking for it. To decide on the ideal amount of money to save each month for yourself, project how much money you want to have at the age that you want to retire, then using an online retirement calculator to use it to figure out how much you need to be saving every month to hit that goal of annual income in retirement. I found a good UK pension calculator at pensionbee.com and a good US retirement calculator on vanguard.com. I've got a link to both of these calculators in the blog post that will be with the notes for this podcast, but you could just Google for both as well. If you're running a lifestyle or legacy business and the business is generating not only enough to support operations, but enough to save and live, fabulous. So how is this different if you're running a sell-and-flip business? If you're building a grow-and-flip business, then I wouldn't worry too much about the savings element. If you can sustain operations and yourself, then you can continue running the business and plowing all the excess money back into it in the hope that you'll sell the business for a good lump sum in, say, five to seven years, and then that lump sum can be used to seed your retirement capital. Because this is a higher-risk strategy, you need to decide when you will quit the business. You can't continue running a business that doesn't allow you to put money into savings and retirement indefinitely. You need to decide for yourself the point at which you'll decide it isn't working, enough is enough, I need to be doing something else. So in summary, what you take out of the business depends on one, what the business needs to keep going, two, what you need to live, and three, what you need and want to save. Let's attach some numbers to this discussion. I've got two examples. If your business is generating at least $1,500 every month, this is just a random, for example, number, and if it needs $800 to just keep moving, then there's $700 left for you to either take for yourself or reinvest in the business, depending on how much you need. If $700 per month isn't actually enough to meet your living costs, then you need to figure out how long your savings can support you while you give the business a chance to grow. Second example, let's say your business is generating at least 5,000 a month, and it needs 1,000 every month to sustain operations, and you need 2,000 for yourself, then there's still 2,000 to play with. In this scenario, even if I was running a grow and flip business, I would save to hedge myself against the risk that my business turns out not to be very sellable when I want to sell it. And a final thought, Ultimately, I left my business because it produced lower profits than I could earn in a regular job. And fortunately for me, I discovered that I actually love the routine of going to work and communing with my colleagues. If over a two to three year period, the business is generating, say, 30000 a year, that's an example, and you know you could earn $50,000, or even 100000 a year working, have a deep think through whether the long hours involved in building the business are worth it. Many glamorize entrepreneurship, but you and I both know the hours can be long and hard, and the returns inconsistent from month to month and even year to year. For knowledge workers like economists, lawyers, accountants, researchers, you know, desk type jobs, the in work flexibility is unreal nowadays, especially in Europe. I think you're based in America based on the link you gave me to your website, but it might be the case in some jobs as well in America right now. And you could go for a job which allows you to pretty much set up your life to be more flexible than an entrepreneurial life, with much more free time and real holidays, where you actually leave your laptop at home and just chill. Sorry if any of this last bit sounds discouraging. I don't mean to discourage you, But I promised myself that when I talk about business, I'll always give people a real sense of what it's like. There are enough blogs out there pretending that every entrepreneur is a millionaire when the reality is that the average self-employed person in both the UK and the US earns less than the average working. Shocking, right? Most people do find that statistic quite shocking. But anyhow, I hope that helps Melissa And if you've got any more questions, drop us a line. For anyone that's interested in checking out Melissa's hair website, there will be a link in the resources from the blog post. It's linked from Hi Melissa. So please check it out for her. And thanks for asking me this question. Enjoy. Thanks for listening. If you want to ask me a question, read my blogs or support this show in any way, Please type themoneyspot.co.uk into your address bar and you'll be redirected to my personal website.